cycle we finished up uh, Romans chapter 7 verse 25 of the chapter 7. Um, just want to say, I'm not sure who these might be, but it's a pair of pretty nice glasses, bifocal glasses. They're laying up here. They're yours. All right. Brother Robert, could you take these back to Brother Cummins back there? Uh, I thought they might be his, but I wasn't sure because they were laying beside a Batman pen. <laughs> so if that's your pen too, is that your pen? No. All right. All right, Romans chapter 7, verse 25. Now, the wonderful thing about teaching through the book of Romans is, is this, is that, you know, our time's a little short, but we don't, uh, uh, you know, we can stop where we ought to and pick back up the next week. So uh, that's where we're going to do it. Now, uh, it's, this book is very, very important. As we teach through this, I hope you, it doesn't get old to you. I hope it doesn't get boring to you. It's, it's so very vital that the, the book of Romans is, is so foundational in the, in the doctrines of what we believe, what we believe uh, in the church, in, in, the, in the Baptist. You know, the truth is people say, do you, you, you believe everything a Baptist believes. And I, I, hopefully the Baptist believes everything the Bible believes. And, uh, and that's really what we're trying to do is just to believe what the Bible believes. But instead of reading through even, we'll just kind of work through it. Uh, it says... Uh, in verse 1 of chapter 8, as you look at chapter 8, it says, uh, therefore, uh, There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So where it begins is, is this. It says, There is therefore. Now, uh, I, so many times you, through the Scripture, you'll see this, and you see it many times in Romans, it'll say, Therefore. And this time it says, there is, therefore. And, and, of course, we always know that, you know, when we say this, I don't know how many times I've already said it, but we always know that whenever it has a therefore, that's because of something that went on before. And so what just was said, what was just said, that now it would be saying, therefore. Why does it say, therefore? And that's because of what was just stated in chapter 7, culminated in verse 25. When you look at verse 25 of chapter 7 in the book of Romans, it says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, it goes back to 24. He said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. But he says, I, through Jesus Christ our Lord, he said, I'm set free. I am, I am, I'm set free. And he says, now he says, I, I thank God that what uh, this verse 7, and I, I try to do this every time I try to get going too fast, clearly states that we have our victory through Jesus. And then in 8.1 says, therefore, there's no condemnation to those who are Christ Jesus. So 25 says, let's know the victory that we have through Jesus. And then verse 1 says, and therefore, there's no condemnation. You understand he's saying, if, there's, if you got victory, there can be no condemnation. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, so you have victory. Clearly, you're going to be separated from the body of this death, this, this body, this flesh that we battle with every day of our life. And, and every one of us in there, if we're honest, we know we battle this body. We battle it to get up in the morning. We battle it to make ourselves go to bed at night. We battle it when we sit down to eat, what we should eat, what we shouldn't eat, and how much of it we should eat. And we battle with this body. We battle with the thoughts that want to come into our mind. We battle with this, this body. Of flesh, but God says that one day we're going to be rid of this flesh, one day it's going to be gone, and who's going to deliver us from it? Jesus. 
And he says, and therefore, since Jesus is the deliverer, he says, then therefore, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, we have victory because this therefore, you know, because of what has gone on before. And then, then a statement is made that only, can only be made to those in Christ Jesus. Some believe this portion of verse 1 is what they call an interpolation. And that's kind of a unique word, but it's a passage introduced into a text. And, and this is, uh, it, I want to, the only reason I bring this out is because you got to be careful as you read people. Some people have some really good stuff, and then they throw in something that is a seed of doubt. That's what they do. They sneak it in, and they just say, and they'll use a word like this. It's like, well, what you have to understand that is that what's about to be said, and here, here's what the verse says right here. He says, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now watch, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And so they struggle with this just a little bit. Because what it sounds like is that you have no condemnation if you walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. What it, it sounds like, initially reading it, that it could be a works type of deliverance. If you walk after the Spirit. Now, how many of you always walk after the Spirit? I'm the only one raising my hand. No, I'm just an example. No, we don't walk after the Spirit all the time. So here's what, here's what you got to do. When, there's, when something seems to contradict everything else, let me just help you. We don't understand what it means. And so we have to, to look at what it means. Now, some people, this is what they do, though. They, one man says, I read, they said, this is an interpolation, a, a, a passage introduced into the text. They believe that this, this quote, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit, that portion of the verse is repeated in verse 4 and probably was accidentally copied wrongly. And like they kind of, you know, they were copying and they looked down at verse 4 and put it up there at verse 1. Because as you look in verse 4, it says, at the end of verse 4, it says, Who walk not after the Spirit, but after the, uh, after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, it says, you say, well, it does say the exact same thing twice. Do you understand that God says many things twice? He, he says and repeats many things that He's trying to get across to us. Now, so what, what do... What do people think? Why do people think this way? Simply they struggle with what the Bible appears to say, and therefore the easiest solution is that the Bible has been given to us in error. This is what happens when it, again, I've told you this before, but when, when the Word of God doesn't make sense to the intelligent man, this man of higher education, this man of high IQ, when he takes it in and it says, oh, this does not make sense. This cannot be. Therefore, this must be an error because I'm not an error. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, I'm begging you, never look at Scripture that way. I don't care how intelligent you are. What you do is you look at it and say, okay, Lord, first of all, this is spiritually written, spiritually understood. So, Holy Spirit of God, you've got to guide my mind. You've got to teach me what's here. And can I tell you, he won't always give you everything right now. Because if he gave you everything in the Bible right now, your head would explode. Amen. We just couldn't take it. Now, verse, verse 1, again, it says, There is therefore no condemn, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after this flesh, but after the Spirit. Here's the struggle. 
We know that there's no condemnation when we are in Christ. But it appears to say that there's no condemnation if we walk in the Spirit and not after the flesh. Therein is our problem, for we know we do not always walk in the Spirit. Sometimes we're in the flesh. So then, do we then find condemnation again because we had a moment where we walked in the flesh? So now we have a moment of condemnation. Now here's, I'm going to give you three Three options. There's really only one option because, but I'm going to give you the three options that people come up. Number one is, we just said it, believe that the Bible is copied wrongly. Just as the believe that the Bible has errors. Number two, believe that we must keep our salvation through continuously walking in the Spirit. Anybody able to do that? Every moment of the day, every day of the week, we can't do it. So that can't be, and, and watch this, we don't have time to do it, especially tonight, but it, that contradicts everything the rest of the Bible teaches us. That's right. So here's number three. Here's what I believe, and this is what I've, I've been teaching for years and years. This is a statement of what everyone who is in Christ should expect and desire. You see, everyone in Christ lives every day of their existence with the Spirit of God in them. Did you know, even though I, you know, we take it, we think we, the way things are phrased, the way God said things, that they must be what we think they mean. So when he says to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh, we're just thinking, okay, that means every moment I've got to be yielded to the Spirit of God. No, do you understand that every step I take, whether yielded or not, I still have the Spirit of God? Because I'm saved. Amen? And if you're saved right now, the Holy Spirit of God's in you. He came in. And if he's not in there, then you're not going to live forever. He's the reason we live forever. He made alive our spirit. We can never die. The Holy Spirit is in us. Now watch. You see, everyone in Christ lives every day of their existence with the Spirit of God in them. And they can now walk in the Spirit. It is a statement of expectation. There is no condemnation because they are in Christ. But there is an assumption and anticipation that these in Christ will walk after the Spirit which is in them and given to them when they accept Christ. God say, Look, God is saying to us, this is what I expect those who are born again to do. You know, I don't think God saved us so we wouldn't walk in the Spirit. I think He saved us so that we would. And He's saying, now that you are, you can. It's not saying that you, you have no condemnation if you always do. It's saying that this is what God's enabled you to do. So, for the law of the Spirit of life, verse 2, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. All right, now, it, it, that's like, okay, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Do you understand? This, this is the, uh, it's like Romans, uh, we're going to get to in Romans chapter 13, the, and, and uh, this will be uh, good for you, Betsy, the, the higher powers God talks about. He says plural, higher powers, we're going to get there in Romans chapter 13 eventually, sometime next year, but the... Uh, um, but the higher powers, and that's like you have city ordinances, and you have state laws, and you have federal laws, and you know each one of those is, a, 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 in a sense, a higher power. Okay? Now, you got laws, 
And, and, and I'm going to do this because, you know, our time's short. But this will, the, hopefully you'll be able to understand this. And, Brother Hopper, can you help me? Okay. Brother Hopper, here, I want you to come out here and stand right here. Here you go. Right there. You're not too old to do that, are you? All right. Okay. All right. Now, anybody here heard of the law of gravity? You all you have heard of that one? Okay, millennials, have you heard of law of gravity? <laughs> okay. All right. Would you drop that book? What happened? It's called law of gravity. You're all there like, I don't know. It's law of gravity. Gravity did that. So if he drops that book, every time he drops that book, it's going to hit the floor, right? Right? Drop that book. Oh, it didn't, did it? You know what? This is like, see, there was a law of sin and death. But there was a greater law. The law of Jesus Christ. Sin said, oh, you got to die. And Jesus said, oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. And every one of you thought it was going to hit the floor, didn't you? Well, just let, just let you know it almost did. <laughs> uh, Jesus is a whole lot better than I am because I barely caught that with two fingers. So, so, look, that's what it is. We have a greater law. You know, people say, we don't live by the Oh, yeah, we do have a law. <laughs> the law of Jesus Christ. Uh, it, it, we, that greater law supersedes. It says right here, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death says that thing's got to hit the floor. It's going to hit the floor. It's going to go to hell. And Jesus said, you think so? Oh, no. No, because I'm stronger. I'm greater. I'm more powerful than that law. Isn't that pretty good? Wow. All right. Alright. <laughs> okay, verse three. I'm not sure we'll get much further than this. I don't want to keep you like this, but verse three, for what the law could not do in that it was weak. Notice there again, that law was weak. We think gravity's so strong, but but I'm stronger than gravity. No, the law is weak. That law is weak. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. The flesh is just too weak to live the law. God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. God sent His own Son in the flesh of man. It's the incarnation. God in the flesh. God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Notice what it's saying. See, we see the flesh is so weak, but Jesus in the flesh. Now, the difference in Jesus' flesh, Jesus didn't, he didn't carry, uh, he didn't carry the Adam with him, all right? So, uh, but, but he in that flesh, 
Jesus came and Jesus condemned the flesh. Jesus, for 33 and a half years, walked on this earth. I don't care what movies tell you different, what people say different. He never said a bad word. He never had a bad thought. He never committed a bad action. He did not sin. Never, ever. You say, how do you know that? Because if Jesus sinned, listen to me, he had to die and pay for his own sin. Because the wages of sin is death. He didn't sin. He couldn't sin. He could not sin because he couldn't pay for your sin and my sin if he had to pay for his own sin. He condemned sin. He brought judgment to sin. He said, sin, I'm going to show you I am greater. I am stronger. I'll overcome you. Death thought they had him, but they didn't have him. The flesh is weak, and therefore the law was incapable of bringing a salvation. God sent his son to condemn, to bring judgment to the flesh. He came in the flesh to bring condemnation to the flesh. He's wanted to let us know, look, that flesh can be mortified. That means that flesh can be put to death. That's why Paul said, I die daily. You know why? It's an amazing thing. But, but we are resurrected in a bad way every day. Every day, we got to kill this old flesh again. Every day, I got to stop once more and say, Lord, please help me. I'm sorry. That, that, that wicked, rotten flesh is coming up again. And those thoughts, those attitudes, are, I mean, it can come like that. You can be having such a good day. You really can. It can be just such a great day. You just, everything's going well and everything's going good. Your wife's happy. And it's amazing how fast that can change. Right, brother? It's just so fast. Like, I, I, I didn't even hardly say anything. All right. Yeah. All right, I'm going to give you one more verse and I'll stop here. And that the, he says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Now look at this. So much talk about the law. The law has been done away with. No, wait a minute. The righteousness of the law will be fulfilled in us. How's it going to be fulfilled if it's done away? It's not done away. It's just now as a, as a child of God, we have the ability, the capability to finally fulfill, to live, to do what the flesh could not do because it's not the flesh that's doing it, it's the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God can do in us what we cannot do without Him. Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. And again, it is fulfilled in all of us. Now watch what it says now. Who walk after the Spirit of God. Whether we are yielded to the Spirit 
or not, we still have the Spirit of God in us. Now, I believe, you know, of course, this passage uh, is all through it, we'll get to it more, but it's got a dual meaning. You know, it's talking about often that, that those in the flesh as in lost and those in the Spirit that are saved, but you can't get away from the truth also of those who have the Spirit but are living in the flesh. And so you've got a dual meaning here and a dual teaching here. And so we have to understand that everything that it's really that it says, other than going to hell, every kind of judgment that it's going to talk about, when it talks about there's the one of the flesh, and that's condemnation, and that's, going, uh, that's bringing destruction, and you've got the, the Spirit, those of us who are saved, the moment, anybody that's saved, the moment you get saved, whether we understand it or not, whether we feel it or not, whether we sense it or not, the moment you get saved, the Holy Spirit of God comes in. That's the way it is. He comes in. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But now we have to also understand that when we live, when we take that temple and we desecrate it. And that's why, it, it, again, it's so puzzling to me, and I'm going to get a little bit off here and I'll stop, but, but it's so puzzling to me how come we're so willing to do so much damage to the temple and excuse it. Because, well, it doesn't say thou shalt not. Or that's Old Testament. No, it's New Testament that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Old Testament, just like it, it pictures the sacrifices, the Old Testament pictures the sacrifices of Jesus Christ. The temple in the Old Testament and everything about it pictures this temple right here. And that means you don't desecrate it. And I don't have time to get into it tonight, but there's a lot of ways you can desecrate it. A lot of ways to desecrate the temple. We'll, we'll talk about that someday when, when you're really ready for that. And, um, you know, the three of you that want to hear it. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of ways that you can. And uh, it's not talked about much anymore until you come to, an, to a guy like me. And uh, here's, here's the thing. When I talk about it, and I'm going to, and I'm going to just warn you, I'm going to, Eventually, I'm going to finish Romans, and I'm going to go, and either Sunday night or Wednesday night, I'm going to go into the difficult things. But when I talk about difficult things, even when I hit on and mention it, I want you to understand this. This is not ever for us to use to condemn ourselves or to condemn somebody else. It's for us to learn how we can live and be closer to God, but and how we can love others better and serve others better. Well, thank you all for coming. Thank you for the rarex. Please make them welcome tonight. Uh, so, so good to have them here. And, and they're going to be taking off probably early, early in the morning. Are you all staying actually here tonight or are you leaving tonight?